Welcome to EndTheBible.com, where we tell everyone the truth about God's Word, expose the devil for the lies he tells, and mentor people close on one in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for today's special Bible session on EndTheBible.com. Today, I want to start us off with a scripture reading. And I want to go to Psalms 32. And I am reading from the Good News Translation Bible, GNT. The Good News Translation Bible. I'll give you an opportunity to get there so that we can search the scriptures together. Look at what they're saying and speak on them in context. So I think being in context is very, very, very important. We'll touch on this scripture, talk about it, then we will go into our topic of the day that we need to speak about, which is very, very, very controversial nowadays. And will probably continue to be that way as time continues on. Psalms 32 say, Happy are those whose sins are forgiven, whose wrongs are pardoned. Happy is the one whom the Lord does not accuse of doing wrong, and who is free from all deceit. That's Psalms 32, 30 to 1 and 2 of the verses. So we you see here that God is saying that when your sins are forgiven, you should be happy. And you're free from the deceit that the sin is giving you. Let's continue on. When did I not confess my sin? I was worn out from crying all day long. Day and night you punished me, Lord. My strength was completely drained as moisture is dried up by the summer heat. So we look at verses 3 and 4. And we see that when you are walking in your sin, you are worn out. You're not happy. You're saddened. You're crying. You're in despair. It feels like summer on a very hot day. Verse 5 and 6 says, Then I confessed my sins to you. I did not conceal my wrongdoing. I decided to confess them to you. And you forgave me for all my sins. So we look at just verse 5 and it says, Then I confessed my sins. So I told God what I was doing wrong. I didn't conceal it. And he immediately forgave us. Verse 6 says, So all your loyal people should pray to you in time of need. When a great flood of trouble comes rushing in, it will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will save me from trouble. I sing loud of your salvation because you protect me. So we can pray to him when things get really, really, really tough. We can ask him to be our savior and help us. But you need to confess those sins first. 
The Lord say, I will teach you the ways you should go. I will instruct you and advise you. He's going to help us. He then says in verse 9, Don't be stupid like a horse or a mule, which must be controlled with a bit and a bridle to make it submit. So while the time is near and we have the ability to confess our sins and ask God for forgiveness, we should do those things so that God is not having to lord over us in any way, shape, or form to get us to do it. But this is what happened with those who choose not to listen. The wicked will have to suffer. He didn't say maybe they're going to suffer. He did say they're going to suffer. But those who trust in the Lord are protected by His constant love. But remember, you can't have that constant love and be walking around here in sin and engaging in sin. You that are righteous, be glad and rejoice because of what the Lord has done. You that obey Him, shout for joy. So, God is there for us. We need to shout for joy. We need to live right the way He intended us to be. The subject that I want to speak to us on is homosexuality. Now I know everybody's probably upset, but I want to keep this clear. Whether we like it or not, that's not the only sin in the Bible. We got murderers, we got liars, we got thieves, we got adulterers, we got all types of sin that are out there. And none of these sins are any better than the rest. So, Christians, I need you to get off your high horse. But unbelievers, I need you to understand what the Lord is saying to you. Christians, I need you to deliver the message with love and compassion. As I read these scriptures, it's not an invitation to be mean to the other people around you. It is to realize that if we're going to be imitators of Christ, that we need to deliver this message like Christ delivered it. And when Christ delivered his message, he delivered his message in love. In complete love. He did not deliver it in a way that was harsh, mean, or cruel. That's why he says, if we have no love with what we're doing, if if you don't have great intent, if you're trying to win an argument, then that's not going to bring people in. We didn't see Jesus arguing with anybody. We saw God saying, this is what I said, this is what you do. We see the Holy Spirit comforting us, unctioning us, and pushing us and telling us the right. We saw Jesus delivering the truth to others, and they yielded to what the Lord had to say. So when I turn to the book of Galatians, and I go, I'm sorry, the book of Genesis. I apologize. We're in the book of Genesis. And we're going to go to the 19th chapter. And we're going to start at verse number one. And a lot of people have said this is not about homosexuality, but 
let's just let truth be truth. When the two angels came to Sodom that evening, Lot was sitting at the city gates. As soon as he saw them, he got up and went to meet them. He bowed down before them and said, Sir, I am here to serve you. Please come to my house. You can wash your feet and spend the night. In the morning, you can get up early and go on your way. But they answered, No, we will spend the night here in the city square. He kept on urging them, and finally they went with him to his house. Lot ordered his servants to bake some bread and prepare a fine meal for the guest. When it was ready, they ate. Before the guests went to bed, the men of Sodom surrounded the house. All the men of the city, both young and old, were there. They called out to Lot and asked, Where are the men who came to stay with you tonight? Bring them out. The men of Sodom wanted to have sex with them. Lot went outside and closed the door behind him. He said to them, Friends, I beg you, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who are still virgins. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do whatever you want with them. But do not do anything to these men. They are the guests in my house, and I must protect them. But they said, Get out of our way, you foreigner. Who are you to tell us what to do? Out of your way, or we will treat you worse than them. They pushed Lot back, moved up to break down the door. But the two men inside reached out, pulled Lot back into the house, shut the door. Then they struck all the men outside with blindness, so they could not find the door. Now, as we can see, a lot of people have said this has nothing to do with homosexuality, but it does. These guys were going to have sex with some angels, and they shouldn't have. And they even threatened to do it with Lot, who was a male himself. But one thing I want us Christians to remember, God don't need our help. Because as you can see, the angels were able to not only protect themselves, but protect Lot as well. So when you deliver the message, have compassion, have a heart for the people that you're speaking to. Because earlier we spoke that God do forgive. He does. We look in Leviticus and we turn there and we see in the book of Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22 is where I would like everybody to go. Let me know when you got Leviticus. We're going to chapter 18 and we're going to verse 22. And we're there at Leviticus 18 and 22. It says, no man is to have sexual relationship with another man. God hates that. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm here to expose light in the darkness. God himself did not like this. He said, it's wrong. If we go to Leviticus 20 and verse 13, 
It says if a man has sexual relations with another man, they have done a disgusting thing, and both shall be put to death. They are responsible for their own death. So let's let everybody understand. No, this does not give us Christians right to go around and kill people. God will take care of that. As we look in Genesis, we saw no physical person killed those men that were wanting to commit that sin. That was the power of God doing it and making sure that those individuals got what they deserve. So let's run around here saying that we need to kill people because they're committing this sin. No, because God wouldn't have told us, thou shalt not murder. We look at another story where it talks about this sin, which is one of many that is out there. And we go to the book of Judges. And when we're in the book of Judges, we're going to chapter number 19. And we're going all the way to verse number 16 to begin. I'll give you an opportunity to get there. It says, while they were there, an old man came by at the end of the day, work on a farm. He was originally from the hill country of Ephraim, but was now living in Gabeah. The other people there were from the tribe of Benjamin. The old man noticed the travelers in the city square and asked them, where do you come from? Where are you going? The Levite answered, We've been in Bethlehem in Judea, and now we're on our way home, deep in the hill country of Ephraim. No one will put us up for the night, even though we have fodders and straws for our donkeys, as well as bread and wine for our concubines, and me and for my servant. We have everything we need. The old man said, you're welcome in my home. I'll take care of you. You don't have to spend the night in the square. So he took them home with him and fed their donkeys. His guests washed their feet and had a meal. They were enjoying themselves when all of a sudden, some sexual perverts from the town surrounded the house, started beating on the door. They said to the old man, bring out that man that came home with you. We want to have sex with him. But the old man went outside and said to them, No, my friends, please don't. Don't do such an evil, immoral thing. This man is my guest. Look, here is his concubine and my own virgin daughter. I'll bring them out now and you can have them do whatever you want with them. But don't do such an awful thing to this man. Now you can see here clearly that once again, there are some individuals deciding that they're going to come forth and they're going to try to have sex with men. Let's keep going. But the man would not listen to him. So the Levites took his concubine, put her outside with them. They raped her and abused her all night long. It didn't stop until the morning. At dawn, the woman came and fell down at the door of the old man where his husband, where her husband was. 
She was still there when daylight came. Her husband got up that morning, and when he opened the door to go on his way, he found his concubine lying in front of the house with her hands reaching for the door. He said, get up, let's go. But there was no answer. So he put her body across the donkey, started on his way home. When he arrived, he went into the house and got a knife. He took his concubine body, cut it up in 12 pieces, sent one piece to each one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Everyone who saw it said, we have never heard of such a thing. Nothing like this has ever happened since the Israelite left Egypt. We have to do something about this. What will it be? So we look here and we clearly see that sin led to the sin of somebody else being hurt and being harmed. And the people of God needed to come up with an answer. And the true answer is pray and ask God that those who are walking in this sin, that the light be open, that their eyes be enlightened by what God is saying. But don't be fooled. Some of them won't ask for forgiveness. And we need to be okay that people may not ask for forgiveness for this sin. But it is a scripture showing that homosexuality is not something that's right. And it causes many other sins. In 1 Kings 14 and 24, it says, And there were also male cult prostitutes in the land. They did according to all the abomination of the, of the nation that the Lord drove out before the people. This was something God wanted to do away with. So I need you believers to understand this is not okay to compromise with. God drove it out. We look in 1 Kings 15 and 12. I apologize. It's not the good news translation at this moment. But in 1 Kings 15 and 12, he says, he put away the male cult prostitute out of the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. Here we see that God is doing away with this. He's asking us not to bring it back. Wake up, believers. We are allowing this same sin that was taken out of the land in their day to come sneak back in to the church to be there. It's not supposed to be there. I know we think, oh, I don't, I love my family, I this, I that, and I understand we do. But we also have to be honest about telling people the truth about the things that they're doing. So when we go to 2 Kings chapter 23 and 7, it reads, in the Good News translation, he destroyed the living quarters of the temple occupied by the temple prostitute. It was there that women wove robes used in worship of Asherah. So God was destroying this not so nice behavior. He was destroying it. And we as believers are compromising and saying it's okay. Oh, as long as it's in love. No, no. 
Don't let the devil trick you into believing it's okay to allow your friends, families, loved one to walk in this sin. He will not have you to be ignorant. That is not the God we serve. He does not think like that. But you need to also remember, everybody's not going to want it. Everybody's not going to want to live the way God said live. So we go to Romans chapter 1 verse 18 and we start there and it reads, God anger is revealed from heaven against all the sins and evil little people who evil ways prevent the truth from being known. So remember I said, it's not just about homosexuality. It's a lot of sin that's going on out there. But here we're focusing today on this one. And it says, God punishes them because what can be known about God is plain to them. For God himself made it plain. We have no reason to be ignorant. We have no reason to be compromising. Ever since God created the world, his invisible qualities, both his eternal power and his divine nature, he have been clearly seen. They are perceived in the things that God has made. So those people have no excuse at all. No, we don't. They know God, but they do not give him the honor that belongs to him, nor do they thank him. Instead, their thoughts have become completely nonsense. And their empty minds are filled with darkness. So you're asking, well, why won't this person change? They know. If they're arguing with you back and forth about it, they know that it's wrong. That's not something you have to prove to them. But you need to understand their minds are darkened. They say they are wise, and you know that because they come up with really great arguments to define why what they're doing is okay. They're studying the Bible to make it seem like what they're doing is all right. But what does the word say? They are fools. Instead of worshiping the immortal God, they worship images made like that mortal or birds or animals or reptile. And God says, and so has given those people over to do the filthy things their heart desires. And they do shameful things with each other. So if they've chosen to do it, you need to understand, God's like, I can't force you to do it. That's where free will come in. You can't force them to want Jesus. You can't force them to want the Holy Ghost. You can't force them to want the Father to be on that side. In verse 25, it says, this is they exchange the truth about God for a lie. You decided that you just, whatever the truth is, you're going to go ahead and accept that lie. They worshiped and served what God had created instead of the creator himself. We know that. People worshiping rocks, people worshiping TV, people worshiping their phone, people worshiping certain folks. We even got a show called American Idols. Come on, y'all. But let's stay on top of here. Because they do this, God has given them over to shameful passions. Now this is what we're like, okay, well, is God saying it's wrong for women to do with women or men to do with men? He says, 
even the women perverted the natural ways of their sex by the unnatural act. In the same way, the men give up natural sexual relations with women and burn with passion for each. Men do shameful things with each other, and as a result, they bring upon themselves the punishment they deserve for wrongdoing. They have brought it on themselves. Because those people refuse to keep in mind the true knowledge and God. He has given them over to a corrupt mind so they do the things that they should not do. They are filled with all kinds of wickedness, evil, greed, and vices. They are full of jealousy, murder, fight, deceit, and malice. They gossip and they speak evil of one another. They are hateful to God, insolent, proud, boastful. They think of more ways to do evil. They even disobey parents. They are they have no conscience. They do not keep their promise. They show no kindness or pity for others. They know that God law says that people who live in this way deserve death. They know it. Yet, not only do they continue to do these very things, but they even approve of others who do them. We see that today in our society. We're encouraging children to do it. We're saying it's okay. We're doing all types of things that God would not want us to do. We're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. And we know it's not. We've been crept into the church and we say, oh, it's okay for Christians to do it. They're encouraging others to do this. But God wants them to know this. In 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 9 to 11, I need you unbelievers to realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. I know automatically what I'm hearing. Oh, you're judging, you're judging, you're judging. It's not about judging. It's about showing you the truth. The Bible says, don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin. Now let's think about sexual sin. We focus on homosexuality, but when you are sleeping with a man or a woman of the opposite sex, when you're not married, it's just as wrong. When you're sleeping with animals, when you decide to have orgies, two or three people, God is saying that's sexual sin too. When you're deciding to worship idols, blowing on rocks and praying to the rocks, it's the same thing. We decide to commit adultery, and that can be broken down in many, many ways. Male prostitutes practicing homosexuality, specifically said, or thieves stealing stuff, being greedy, drinking, being abusive to people, cheating. None of these people will inherit the kingdom of heaven. So, Christians, let's wake up. What are our sins that we're doing as well? that we are condemning homosexuals. Our job is to realize that if you have this in your life, you need to ask God to take it out of your life and get right. Because he's saying you're sealing yourself to not be able to go on. But realize he did clean you up. But in order for things to go forth, you got to confess it. You got to tell God you're wrong. He says, but when you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord. I urge you all to call on the name of the Lord. 
so that God can forgive you and your days can be happy. We look further into 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 through 10. Now we know that the law is good, and if one uses it lawfully, understand this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient. So we need to realize that law is set out there for those who are doing incorrect. And that's everybody in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, who's doing wrong. Stop beating up the homosexuals and look at your own sin and come with some compassion in order to help these individuals do right. But it reads, and down for the just, and down for the just, but for the lawless and the disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane. For those who strike their fathers and their mothers, for murderers, for sexual immoral, for men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and what else is contrary to sound doctrine? All of that. God is saying, watch it. Watch yourself. Watch. It, it's not it's not right, and we're saying that it is right, and we're not looking at some of us are gonna go too. But I need us believers to understand. Wake up. We go to our last and final scripture. And it's in the book of Jude. And it says here. Starting at verse number three. My dear friends. I was doing my best to write to you about the salvation we share in common. When I felt the need of writing at once to you to encourage you to fight for the faith which once and for all all God has given to his people. For some godless people have slipped in unnoticed among us. Persons who distort the message about the grace of God in order to excuse their moral ways who reject Jesus Christ our only Master and Lord. Long ago the scriptures predicted the condemnation they have received. Be watchful, everybody. They're slipping in. And it's not just homosexuality. It's liars, thieves, perjurers. Everything is coming in. It's slipping in. But realize that condemnation was already set before you had knowledge about it. Verse 5. For even though you know all this, I want to remind you of how the Lord once rescued the people of Israel from Egypt, but afterward destroyed those who didn't believe. So praise God for y'all who's still standing strong. God will come in and open up eyes and clear house. Remember, like I said in verse 6, remember the angels who did not stay within the limits of the proper authority, but abandoned their own dwelling place? They are bound with eternal chains and darkness below. Well, God is keeping them from the great day in which they will be condemned. Verse 7. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah and the nearby towns and those and whose people acted as those angels did and indulged in sexual immorality and perversion. They suffered the punishment of eternal fire as a plain warning to all. need you to understand it's a warning we need to wake up America and wake up today 
wake up all across the world that God is going to come and he's come to check house get yourself in order whether you got sexual morality in your life you got lying stealing whatever it is in your life get it together because God is not playing with us and where some people debate whether or not we should follow Jesus shouldn't follow Jesus or whatever the case may be we need to understand it's the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost that work as one and anybody that's walking around and saying hey I don't believe in God the Bible says not me only a fool says in the heart there is no God there is a great creator out there and that great creator want you to be saved sanctified and proclaiming the word of God holy and righteous all you gotta do is call on the name of the Lord believe in him and live different from the way you live in today God don't want any of us to perish but at the same time if you choose to walk the way and sin he's not gonna stop you so Lord I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that if you are trapped in any of these sins that if you are struggling, the Father, I pray that your anointing comes right where they are right now and cleanse them. Give them no longer a thirst for this sin that is holding them, whatever it may be. And I pray for those who are people of God. Get your house in order. God says, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I need you to either be hot or cold, but deliver my message in love. That's how my son did it. And I pray, Lord, that your power and your anointing will cover many for generations to come to do your will and turn over their sin to you because you died on the cross for us. And we thank you and praise you for this day that you have spoke truth Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on InTheBible.com. Until next time, study to show thyself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed. Rightly divided, the word of truth. For questions, please send your requests via email at questions at inthebible.com Have a great day. Be blessed.